welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast called the Quipster Film Review Podcast, where I look at new movies that are out in theaters. Just check out that site for the link, Quipster.net. I just finished a trilogy of films, the Mad Max films of the 1980s, even though technically it started in 1979. I'm going to be shifting into another three-part series, not necessarily tied together as much as the Mad Max films, but this three-part series will be looking at, uh, I call it the Highway to Hell, and it's very fitting that Highway to Hell is a song that is done by an Australian rock band, of course, ACDC. We just covered three Australian films in the Mad Max series, and we're going to continue on with an Australian film called Road Games, which is a thriller set mostly on the road in Australia. So the next three films will be thrillers set on the road, primarily as part of the main action. Not necessarily from Australia, but this first film is, and it is called Road Games. It's from 1981. The title of the film is uh, either one word or two. It's originally intended to be one word as Road Games. In fact, if you look at the title of this film while you're watching the movie, it's actually written that way. However, most of the marketing since, especially in the United States and on many versions of the video, the DVD or VHS release, will have it as two words. It's a film from 1981. It's directed by Richard Franklin. The screenplay by Everett DeRoche, and the two main stars of the film are Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis, not Australian actors for reasons I will get into in just a moment. It's a PG-rated film. That PG rating is very, very generous by today's standards. It does have violence and sexuality in the film. It definitely would be a strong PG-13 today. Some people might even rate it as R. The runtime is an hour and 41 minutes. Now, the director, Richard Franklin, he was a self-declared pupil of Alfred Hitchcock, really studied with Alfred Hitchcock on how to make films, and here he's working closely with a screenwriter named Everett DeRoche. This happens to be their second collaboration together. They wrote the cult thriller, which was also Hitchcockian in its own way, called Patrick, that came out in 1978. They wanted to get together and create another film project. Now, at the time, DeRoche had been writing for a TV series in Australia called The Truckies, and had recently typed up a script called Road Games for that TV show, the TV show being about a small community of people who spend a lot of their lives on the highways in Australia, making them a sort of community among themselves. Franklin had the idea of taking Road Games and making it into a movie of some sort. They had originally envisioned this idea of human meat within a truck trailer, hauling pork, but there were some human bodies on board. It was partially an homage to Sweeney Todd, which was a musical that had just been produced at the time by Richard Franklin's personal friend, Stephen Sondheim. Eventually, Franklin ended up having this idea that the killer would not be the truck driver himself, but the driver would be the witness to a series of murders committed by someone out there in the vein of Alfred Hitchcock's rear window. Hitchcock had just recently passed away from the time that they were concocting the script, so Franklin was very much in the mood to pay more homage to this director that had meant so much to him. So he had this idea to combine these two stories, 
except this one isn't set in one room like Rear Window had been, but it would be out on the road within the cab of a semi. And so they ended up building up the story from there, and that gave it that Hitchcockian vibe of old Hollywood tropes with Hitchcock's patent black comedy spirit to make this film based more on suspense and an air of glamour instead of the gore and cheap shock that was very much prevalent at the time among horror thrillers. Now, along for the Hitchcockian ride is Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Pamela. Jamie Lee Curtis happens to be the real-life daughter of Janet Lee, who appeared in Hitchcock's Psycho, most famously. Of course, this was definitely of appeal to Franklin, but she's not the main star. She's only in the film maybe about a quarter of it. The real star is Stacey Keach, who plays this independent truck driver, uh, kind of an intellectual. He says he's he, dri- he might drive a truck, but he's not a truck driver. He sees himself as more than that. He travels around with his pet dingo, or at least he calls it a dingo, named Boswell. And in this adventure, he tries to get to the bottom of the story that might connect this series of killings that he hears about on the radio that have surfaced around Australia to this mysterious driver of this creepy-looking van that's on the road at the same time that he is traveling. Quid attempts to deliver this rig full of pork to Perth, which is undergoing this meat shortage at the time because the butchers have gone out on strike, the butchers' union. So as the trucker moves toward his destination, he gets into greater danger, including stirring up locals into thinking the serial killer that they've been hearing about on the radio might be Quid himself, And Jamie Lee Curtis ends up hitchhiker along the way. He calls her Hitch. That's another, of course, homage to Hitchcock. Her name is Pamela, and she is on the road for a portion of this trip. Now, the story is very simplistic. In many ways, it's a little bit nonsensical if you want to start picking it apart. The semi here and the van always seem to run into each other everywhere they go, especially through the dunes of Western Australia, including Null Arbor Plain and Euclid, which is, uh, we learn, Null Arbor, no trees. It's called that because of its distinct lack of trees, the result of uh, rabbit plague that ate all the vegetation in the area, especially of Euclid. You know, with a thriller such as this, suspension of disbelief is a must, but if you're going to maintain it throughout, it's a pretty nifty B-movie that offers a good deal of fun and mystery in a fairly modest fashion. Although it clearly lifts from Hitchcock here. There's even a a trademark Hitchcock cameo in this film. Somebody's looking through a series of magazines and finds uh, Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine among them. Road Games, I think, makes it on its own terms as something that is wholly different than anything that you may have seen before. It's kind of an odd little thriller. It's lackadaisical in its approach, even though it is predictable and where it ultimately does end up. How it gets there is still refreshingly off the beaten path. Now, as with Rear Window, we get a lightly romantic flair to this film. It's mixed with paranoia, mostly presumptive, that there is this murderer on the loose out there. And like Jimmy Stewart's character in Rear Window, Pat Quid makes his own names up for the people on the road with him. You have Benny Balls, who has this station wagon that's filled with sports balls of many variety. You have Fred and Frida Frugal, Captain Careful, Sneezy Rider... And the suspected killer, he has dubbed Smith or Jones because Quid saw him checking into this motel, likely using a pseudonym with a prostitute at the beginning of the film that he assumes became a victim. As with Grace Kelly's character, Pamela, the Jamie Lee Curtis character, ends up getting involved in the dangerous sleuthing, prompting much of the later action. The Hitchcock influence can also be felt in the score from Brian May, who copied Bernard Herrmann most notably in the first two Mad Max films, and he was intentionally told to do so, and gets to use his Herman-esque flair here 
Of course, Bernard Herrmann being a longtime collaborator with Alfred Hitchcock on some of his best films, although Rear Window was not among them, nevertheless synonymous with Hitchcock. Now, it seems hard to believe, given the modest production values of road games, that at $1.8 million in its budget, this was the most expensive Australian film production in history at the time it was made. The American distributors, who committed nearly a third of the money into this production, insisted on a lead actor that would appeal to North American audiences. At the time, there really weren't any Australian actors that were working specifically in the industry that they thought could have international appeal like that. Mel Gibson was still not a huge star internationally. The Road Warrior was yet to be released at the time they were making this film. Franklin's initial idea was to pursue Sean Connery. They had actually written the script with Sean Connery in mind in the role of Pat Quid, that he would star. Connery has been in a Hitchcock film before called Marnie as well. However, they were unsuccessful in getting Sean Connery on board. The price tag that he asked made him far out of reach. In fact, it was higher than the entire budget of the film. So that was a no-go. So they ended up having to settle for the less expensive American actor, Stacey Keach. Keach is a fine actor and terrific in the role, but he's not really the box office draw that they were hoping to rein in. The film was kind of a bust. It would earn a paltry half million dollars at the U.S. box office, despite every effort to appeal to those American audiences that the distributor wanted at the time. In addition to Keach, they knew that he was not going to haul in major dollars, so they, the intended lead actress that they wanted to play, Hitch or Pamela, Her name was Lisa Pierce. She was cast in that role, but ended up getting replaced by another American actor. This one, known to horror suspense fans that might enjoy a film like Road Games, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis was picked as the American replacement due to Franklin's friendship with John Carpenter from their time studying film at USC. Initially, Franklin was offered the possibility of casting Jodie Foster or Brooke Shields, who were much more box office appeal, but both of them were still teenagers at the time, and Franklin felt that they were a little too young, maybe a lot too young, for the role that he had intended. With 21-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis, Franklin saw the possibility of a sort of Bogart and Bacall matchup with Keach that would work well for the comedy and a tinge of the sexy banter that they had written in. While this move was made to help pave the inroads distribution-wise into the United States, it did cause some issues with one of Australia's actors' unions who opposed this switch from an Australian actress to an American actress. Some in the Australian film industry at the time felt that they were exploiting local resources in order to cater to markets outside of the country. They call this exploitation, and a lot of movies at the time were built on this, comedies or horror films or whatnot, that really took advantage of the Australian vibe, but were primarily made to kind of market into other markets around the world. Ironically, the film would end up being a bust in America, as they had intended, but it still proved successful in Australia. Nonetheless, despite all of these controversial efforts that almost derailed the film altogether for not casting Australian leads, Franklin would end up blaming the poor marketing for the film in the United States, which virtually ignored the involvement of the American actors and incorrectly promoted it as a run-of-the-mill slasher horror flick instead of the more lightheartedly old-fashioned suspense vehicle that he had intended. Curtis's casting did not dissuade American audiences from assuming that it was another slasher horror film because this was what she was primarily known for at this early stage of her career. Her filmography only contained screen queen-defining roles in Halloween, The Fog, 
Prom Night, and Terror Train. That was her resume at the time in movies. Unlike most of the American slasher films of the time, no killing is actually shown on the screen, hence the PG rating for road games. Although, as I mentioned, very generous given the subject matter. You have strangling in this film, and there's something shown in the final scene that is particularly gruesome. Nevertheless, the film did catch the eye of someone at Paramount Pictures who were looking for someone to direct the long-and-coming sequel to a classic Hitchcock film, Psycho 2. This did give him a little bit of a platform. Richard Franklin would end up going to direct the Psycho sequel. Franklin would also end up having to sacrifice his intended ambitious ending for Road Games, one that involved this chase through the streets of Perth with Pat Quid running into most of the recurring road characters due to running over schedule though and over budget on the film. It was nixed, and that leaves the patchwork ending, perhaps one of the weaker elements of the film. Some people still enjoy road games for the journey though, even if they aren't as keen on the destination. There's a shot in the film of someone eating a sandwich containing meat from the butcher shop that might have questionable sourcing, let's say, that was going to be Franklin's intended revised ending. And then the American distributors said that that wasn't good enough. They said that shocking endings were all the rage at the time. So Franklin ended up reluctantly adding a scene in which a key body part is discovered in a very startling way. And Franklin has gone on to say he really does not like that particular ending, but his hand was forced here. Now, Road Games as a film, I would say it's not essential viewing, really, but I do think if you love Alfred Hitchcock or quirky Australian films, or you're just a big fan of Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis, this is a pretty fun rehash of this classic film known as Rear Window. Quentin Tarantino, though, has gone on to cite it as one of his all-time favorite Australian films, an unsung film and by one of his favorite Australian directors, Richard Franklin. He claims that it's one of the great works by a screenwriter not a lot of people have given a lot of credit to, but Tarantino loves him, Everett DeRoche. He was an American who went on to write films in Australia, and that made Tarantino appreciate so-called exploitation cinema, and he loves road games among a list of classics he likes from those exploitation films of the time. Of course, Tarantino loves exploitation films of the 70s and 80s. Although most people don't know of road games today, but it would still further influence other filmmakers. Greg McLean, who says he was inspired by the menace on the highway premise throughout the Australian outback to make his 2005 horror thriller called Wolf Creek. So if you like Wolf Creek, you might want to give this one a shot as its inspiration. Now, word games may not really hold up to scrutiny if you want to pick apart the plot, especially if you think back to a lot of the strange events. When it's all through, but by the time you get to that point, you'll most likely have gotten enough mileage out of it as an entertainment to make this a worthwhile ride in the end. I would not say this is exactly as great as Alfred Hitchcock, but it's also not a bad attempt to emulate his style. One of the better Hitchcockian films of the 1980s and one I will recommend to a lot of people who like Hitchcock. Like myself, he's my favorite director, so this is a movie that I've seen a few times already. So for all that, I will give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it for people who like this kind of movie. Obviously, I've just named all of the audiences that I think would get a kick out of this. So if you happen to have a couple of hours to kill and you want a nice little thriller diversion with a lot of good black humor, I definitely recommend giving 
road games to try, but I would only recommend it after you've seen the great Hitchcock film called Rear Window from 1954, and you'll definitely appreciate what Franklin is trying to do here with that same type of premise. Road games, as I mentioned, three stars out of four. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review of Road Games. If you like to hear any of my other podcast episodes, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button, and you'll continue to get them as they come out. I have about 90 film reviews already in the 1980s at the time of this recording, so I want you to check out my back catalog. I do consider them somewhat evergreen because it is a retrospective look, so any one of those films that you've seen in the past, I do encourage you to take a look at as well. As far as what I'm going to be covering next week for my Highway to Hell trilogy here. I'm going to go to 1986 for a film that was trashed, absolutely trashed by critics at the time of its release, but has gained a cult following since and probably a very strong cult following since from 1986. It is a film starring Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell called The Hitcher. It's a movie that I have struggled with so much over the years, but I've come to a certain piece with it. And I do look forward to revisiting that film for next week. The Hitcher from 1986 on the next episode of Around the World in 80s Movies. Thanks everyone for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies. Thank you.